0: Well, hello, everyone, and uh, welcome back to the second episode of the Audio Files podcast. Episode two. Episode two. As always, I'm your host, Quinn, and I'm here with Griffin, and we are going to be talking about the music that we like and hopefully you like too. Before we begin, I would like to say thank you to anyone who listened to the first episode. Yes. It really means a lot to us that anybody took the time to listen to an hour and a half of us. Talking about all the shit that we really, really love, uh, and we've gotten some really good feedback from people. Great feedback. I would, I would. It, it's interesting
1: to hear people's feedback because, to me, it's like, why would anybody give a shit about this? But yeah,
0: exactly. So <laughs> I, I, I'm right there with you. But to anyone that has listened, thank you. Uh, and I think that you're in for some treats as we continue to go along. And also to the people who have given me suggestions to listen to new music to talk about on here, I think that's really, really cool. You know who you are if it's you told very me. Very welcomed. Yes, please. Please continue to send that stuff our way. We would, we would love to talk about any and everything, and it's probably even more fun to hear us talk about shit that's out of our comfort zone. So with that in mind, uh, on this second episode today, we're going to be talking about a couple different things. One of our favorite bands, He Is Legend, released a new album this past week, and we definitely want to talk about that. Uh, We sort of alluded to it last week that we'd been listening to some of the singles they had been releasing, but now the full album's out. So we're going to spend a good chunk of time talking about that and some of the older He Is Legend stuff as well um, to get that all out on the air. And then we also want to get a chance to talk about live shows in general. Uh, This has been on my mind a lot lately. And it's always applicable. I want to talk about what makes a good live show and some of our favorite experiences that we've had uh, in seeing all of the various shows throughout the years uh, because there's been a lot. Oh, boy, there has been. (laughs) For for you, (laughs) far more than me. But uh, there has certainly been a – Oh, you've been to some good ones i've been to some theaters.
1: ones that are in my top list are probably in your top list so that
0: is true we have that's that is the benefit of us doing this together is a lot of these shows we've experienced together yeah well with all of that being said i want to start out again with checking in on what we've been listening to this week so griffin hit me what's been going on
1: i knew you were gonna ask that and i should have been more prepared
0: (laughs) well it's like we're doing this again
1: so recently uh I'm doing a new project musically, and one of the inspirations for that I have been went back to was uh, Stay Ahead of the Weather.
0: Oh, okay.
1: That I'm uh, into that. E- that EP. Not to sound like them, but it was just, a, a, I like the guitar riffs on there and the tone and everything else, and it's one of, I think, one of Evan Weiss's best projects he's done because it just seems so much fun. I mean, like, yeah. I, I've s- seen him do that live, you know, when he first started touring with Intuit Over It, that was, you know, he basically brought that band with him in Cleveland. We saw the first... Whole band into it, into it over at show and it was really awesome and he played about a whole bunch of Stay Ahead of the Weather songs and so that EP is just it's really special to me and I went back to it recently to just be like hey I, I pulled a lot of influence from this so um,
0: I, I I'm into that I uh, I that's actually I think I would agree that that's probably my one of my favorite Evan Weiss projects for sure yeah. that EP in particular
1: apparently it was a joke band for them which I did not realize I mean I but did I, not know that <laughs> what I did not know when I was. Uh, just digging around, seeing, you know, did they do anything or did they announce anything? Because they did put out a a, a six-inch single with uh, The Wonder Years. Oh, I didn't know that either. <laughs> it was like Punk is Dead, Get a Job was like the name of it. And like the, the cover's really cool because it's, <laughs> it's like a W-2, but it's like filled out for the for the bands instead. It's, it's a really – you should check it out. But uh, they both did a song and submitted to it, so their, their contribution was a song called uh, No Money, Mo Problems. Uh, and that's like the last thing they did, which I already knew, but it's it's still a great fucking song. Um, but their name I didn't realize is actually from uh, Groundhog Day, the Bill Murray movie. Oh, so th- there's a line in it. it it's uh, the, the name of the album is We Better Get Going if We're Going to, and the full quote is We Better Get Going if We're Going to Stay Ahead of the Weather.
0: Well, you learn yeah, something so <laughs> every day. <laughs> yeah. So
1: I never knew that, and I'm like, oh shit, that was that's that's pretty good. But anyway, so that has been on there, and that's, that's the biggest one I could think of that's worth talking about.
0: Well, that's a good one. That's a deep cut that I wouldn't have been thinking about otherwise. I, I feel like I've actually been listening to a lot this week, but to kind of trim the fat, I have been listening to the new Black MIDI album. I don't know if you are familiar with Black no. MIDI. What is that? So I was – I don't even – I think I found them through uh, KEXP. Uh, performance that was on youtube and okay. essentially it's a bunch of like british dudes that i think met in art school and they make really crazy experimental uh it's to be here. here's how i'll describe it it's like maps and atlases had a baby with frank zappa oh wow <laughs> which is funny you say that because i did go back and
1: listen to a week ago a week or two ago uh the first maps and atlases the tree swallows houses yeah. whatever it's called Ooh, so that's, talk about that's, a great it's album interesting you brought that up so i will i'm gonna save this now because i'm already intrigued
0: <laughs> yes it is it is very good and if i if if you or anyone is more interested watch them play it live because it is ridiculous it, i mean it's it's very intricate stuff and uh there, there's also i think a little bit of um like primus influence in there uh okay. so yeah. it it's, it's got a lot of different things going for it. This is their debut album, but, I mean, it, it seems to be that they're already uh, blowing up, and it's it's certainly something that will catch your attention. So, yes, that album, it's called Schlagenheim. I was going to say, I have no idea how to say this, so good luck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would assume that's at least close. Um, yeah, been listening to that. Definitely, definitely recommend that. Uh, and then also, I randomly... Went back and listened to uh, Head Automatica, the first album, Decadence.
1: Wow, I listened to that like a month ago. Bro, you're, you're on my page. Come on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there. And I, I I hesitate to get too far into that, but no, I just— we got to
1: have a Daryl, Daryl Palumbo uh, episode in general, so don't do that yet.
0: Yes, I agree. <laughs> but I, I will say that that album still makes me feel some type of way. Well, so does the propaganda, though, the second one. Yeah. I, I mean, will. They're... they're very different to me, but they oh, yeah. are. They are very. They both do something very great for me, and I. I would even. I would say decadence is, uh, really high up there as far as Daryl Palumbo projects go. But you're right. that oh, yeah. That's for a whole other episode. But I did yeah. go back and listen to that for the oh, quadrillionth it's time. Yeah. No. It's, so good.
1: It blew my mind when it first came out, and it still does to this day.
0: Yeah. How? I mean, how did that album come out in 2003 or 2002? What? I don't know. Whenever that Ish, was.
1: Yeah. Early aughts. Yeah. Uh
0: okay, well great. Those are all uh those are some great things we've been listening to. I would never doubt us because uh we like good shit.
1: Well, I don't know about that,
0: but <laughs> <laughs> uh well now let's let's get to what the people came here for and let's talk about this he is legend. Uh I'm very Ooh. curious to hear your thoughts about it. Um I I'm I guess the i will say the last few he is legends albums which we can talk about a little more uh have left me sort of you know never knowing what to expect from the next one and never knowing how much i'll actually like it well first of all it, it fucking rips so let's just say that <laughs> <laughs> let's just get it out there we're not gonna we're not gonna sugarcoat
1: it i didn't know i wanted this album um, same but so you know they released the title track, white bat, like, back in, like, October of last year, and I was there, I was here for it then, mm-hmm. um, and I'm like, okay, like, if this is what we're going to do, let's do it, and then I kind of just forgot about it, and then they started releasing some singles, and me and you had a previous conversation about that, and I brought it up last episode, that's what I was listening to, so I'm like, okay, this is definitely going a direction I can get into, and so hearing it all in full, I'm, I mean, there's... The first thing I want to talk about on this album is the production and just how fucking good it sounds. And just this to me, I've tried to, I've listened to it at multiple listens at this point, and I've listened to it like with the volume down, and it does not do it justice. So every time I put it on since the first full listen, maybe first listen and a half, it's it's always at the highest volume I can put it at. I mean, in the car, at work, whatever. It's just like this; it just hits, it rips. I mean, the, the production, because that's been a problem with their last couple albums for me, is like it just it doesn't feel like the band's mixed well enough. Um, to me on the other ones, like it just, it just, what the, what their vision wasn't coming through, but this one is just, to me, it sounds like, especially the first few tracks, like this is the soundtrack that the, uh, and I can't think of what they're called in the movie, but in Mad Max, like the bad guys, if you will, <laughs> this is what they're listening to in the fucking desert. <laughs> this, the, or, or Borderlands, if you will, that it's just the video game. This, this is the soundtrack to that. Yeah. For, oh for my me. God.
0: I, I, yes, I am right there with it. This is uh this is what... If you're I'm assuming you're talking about Fury Road, uh and
1: Yeah, I just yeah, mostly that just because it's a better example. But yeah, just in general, this like the whatever those whatever that team of people is called, I can't think of the name, but (laughs) Team Rocket. Team Rocket, that's what it is. (laughs) Uh this is the soundtrack that they're fucking going down the desert with and that fucking huge eighteen wheeler with all the speakers on it. it Basically, like this this is it. You know, if I'm not working on a fucking V eight engine (laughs) um you know and gasoline is current currency like i don't know what i'm doing because this is the soundtrack for that
0: yeah oh yeah absolutely uh man it really does uh little known well maybe not little known fact i found out the guy who they have in mad max who's playing that giant guitar in front of all those amps and stuff oh yeah uh, he is referred to as the doof warrior so what does that mean i have absolutely no idea but what i do know, character
1: name yeah it's okay yeah
0: that's his character name is doof warrior Uh, but yes, I'm picturing him literally going at high speeds down the desert listening to this. I, it's, that's the only, that's the first thing. As soon as I, you know,
1: I've cranked the windows down in the car. This is like, you know, hot summer day and it's been humidity, you know, 96% in Ohio right now. It's just, this is the soundtrack for it. And from the opening track, like, like white bat for me is like, that is the peak. He is legend. Like it's everything. It's
0: yeah. It's real good
1: yeah it's 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 every because you know previous albums you know they've had a certain sound and they like this is like all the stuff they've been trying like to me it just feels like this album is like here's everything we've been finally trying to do um and a great comment i've read and we'll get into this because me and you have mentioned it but you know that the singer is finally finishing his transformation into rob zombie <laughs> and, <laughs> which i don't disagree with and i'm not upset about either because he's doing it really fucking well
0: <laughs> yeah well it's it's so funny because i mean obviously we we've talked about this but uh <laughs> Literally, when I there's there's a couple examples of it, but uh, on like on White Bat, right before at the end when it starts to go into the breakdown, <clears throat> he uh, there's like a little sample of them saying White Bat, and bro, right. it sounds like the the little sample from like Black Sunshine or Thunder Kiss '65, whichever oh, White yeah. Zombie song that is. It, yeah. Oh my god, it is well, so think,
1: sick. The best example is. Uh... The last track, which when I so when the album came out, you know we, had, we you had mentioned to me that Boogie Woman sounded like Thunder Kiss '65, and yeah. I thought that was the funniest thing I ever heard. And you're not wrong, and it's not even a, a bad comment. But I was when I started looking the track listing, I just popped it on, and I'm like, oh, okay, I've, you know, I've heard of you know four or five of these songs. I was like, there's, I was like, oh, where's Boogie Woman? I was like, there's no way this is the last song. And I scroll down, and I'm like, you damn right, it's the last song. <laughs> it's it, it's perfect. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what it is about that song, but it just makes me so happy because it is so Rob Zombie and yeah. in a good way. Um, it's, it's just, I don't know, there's something, that, like they finally have done it and it just, it makes me feel a certain way and it just hit me at the right time. All these these tracks, I mean, it doesn't, there's nothing on here that I didn't like. I, f- I forget which song it is. It's like, um, it might be Resistor, Resist Her, track yeah. seven. Like, my note on that was, like, the riff – I think it's it's got, like, a clean riff, and it sounds like Dream Theater. Like, I was like, is this Metropolis Part 2? Like, what yeah. are we going to do here? And then it goes into a whole bunch of other stuff. It's just, like, this is a, a – as much as they're a metal band, if you will, like, this is a great rock record to me.
0: Oh, yeah. This is – I think through and through, they uh, they are a, a top-of-the-genre top of rock band now. And actually, I had even – I've always thought in my mind, uh, which – i will talk more about the albums later but um i've always said that it hates you is the most underrated rock album of all time i think that sure, yeah. i think that in general he is legend is is a very underrated rock band that uh has always gotten lumped in with weird genres because of just like i think the timing of when they came out but uh yeah it is it's a it's a great rock record and i i uh I think it's funny that you said the dream theater thing because I I, I totally can hear that now that you're saying it. And I also, they just have a lot of parts that I didn't expect in there. There's like one song that just ends with like literally straight blast beats. Uh, Yeah,
1: I think that's the second to last. Is it Skin So Soft? Which I love. I I think it is. Yeah.
0: Out of nowhere, it just like starts ripping these blast blast beats, and I could not uh, comprehend what was happening. That was incredible. And. I mean, it's, it's –
1: it's, I was mowing the lawn to this yesterday, and I was, about pick, I was about to pick that motherfucker up and just start trimming the hedges with the goddamn lawnmower because I'm just like, what can I tear up with this? It's just – it's yeah. riff after riff. I mean, this is some of the best riffs I've heard in a long time. And the guitar player for this, the guy who's been in it the whole time, I believe. Uh, Dude, he's so good. He's always been, you know, riff city. So this is not a detriment to any of the other album. It's just – I think all the pieces finally came together for me because – so previous albums, you know, they came with their EP. I remember sitting in, uh, which you know, an old drummer in a band of mine, Kenny. Um, you know, we'd sit in his, you know, messy fucking room and play Counter-Strike and just listen <laughs> to bands. I remember the first time I heard Hot Damn by Every Time I Die was in that room, and it was just like, oh, this is crazy. And then I remember this came on, uh, the 90125 EP. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like and this is in two thousand and four, and there weren't band there were bands like this, but they weren't doing it this well. Oh yeah, and, totally. And like you know, two, ten seconds later, they put out uh, I am Hollywood I am Hollywood through Solid State, which is an interesting choice, being you know kind of a Christian based record. But I am Hollywood like changed the game, and I remember that like just the way they were doing it, and it was very much the band I was in, the sound we were trying to find, and like I, you know we all kind of listened to this, and we're like, oh, this is pretty damn close to what we're trying to do. You know, it it almost made us, in my head, made us feel more comfortable about the decision we were making and the the stuff we were writing um, at the time because uh, there's another band that's similar to this, and so we're not kind of the outcast. Not that we were really having that big of a problem with it, but it's just like, it just felt good to be kind of in the same wheelhouse as a band this good. And to me, I Am Hollywood was such a good record, and the ones after have been, you know, okay, they haven't been bad, but for me, like, to me, White Bad is like the new I Am Hollywood. It's like, okay, now they've, once again, they figured out what they're doing and, like, the sound, and, like, they perfected it in a way. Um, Because some of the, to me, they're, like, you know, in Suck Out the Poison came out, you know, he had changed his voice a bit. They were definitely going into this southern rock thing, which is not a bad thing, but how many bands are doing that in 2006 or whatever that was? Yeah. Uh, you know, Maylene and the Sons of Disaster, which the singer ended up going and singing for for, like, a year. Yeah. Um what were the other ones like that? Basically, you know, everything was American Flags and Monster Trucks at that yeah. point, so. <laughs> That's true. Even every time I died, I did it, I guess, you know, because yeah. uh, got a phenomenon when all Southern and we were all thrown off by that. I mean, that, it ends up being my, one of my favorite records by then. But still, at the time, it was like, what the fuck?
0: I, so there's a tweet that I remember seeing years ago from some – I don't even remember at this point. Somebody that I follow uh, that was involved in, like, bands in the, the like, Buffalo, Ontario area. Um, and <laughs> they just said, the year is 2007 and everyone in Canada is wearing a He Is Legend shirt and making Southern metal. Yeah, and, exactly. <laughs> uh and actually that does lead me to um one of the things I wanted to talk about was uh we had mentioned last week uh this this seems sort of random, I promise I'll bring it around, but, but that's l- fine. uh last week we had mentioned a band called Piglet that was you couldn't find on Spotify um and somebody had said that it was a good idea to recommend some bands that maybe you couldn't find on Spotify or things like that and I think there are definitely a few uh there is one that I know of that is like literally a he is legend direct ripoff but it oh, kind of really? yeah but it kind of slaps still. um and it's called the holly springs disaster of uh, course it is of yeah, course that was the name. you you are dead right buddy <laughs> uh and they, they are they're a bunch of canadian dudes and um yeah they they released like a documentary recently that of them like reuniting and stuff but they only ever released one album that i have never been able to find on spotify or literally anywhere besides youtube but uh, there's one song in particular, one of their singles, that's called Up in Smoke. And it is, like, literally I Am Hollywood level he is legend for oh, sure. Okay. Uh, so, it's yeah, but you're right, though, that during that time, they were sort of swept up in I, – I almost feel like they were swept up in, uh, like, this frenzy that they created. Like, they inadvertently got caught up in their own trend. Because you're right, whenever, whenever I Am Hollywood and even the EP came out, uh, there just really was nothing else like that. And there were so many bands and people that I think were trying to tap into that sound or or really uh, push up next to what these guys were doing. and then it all started sort of bleeding together after that. But yeah, if you I mean the first the first he is legend song I ever heard was Scram Toots, which is the first real song on that EP. And I just remember hearing that for the first time and being like, bro, they're doing everything that I want to hear in a band, like all in one song, and they're doing it really, really, really well. And it's always seemed so ahead of its time, and then obviously, like you said, I Am Hollywood is just, I mean, it's a game changer. Like, we wouldn't have so much of the music that we love now without that being a stepping stone to all of it. And I, I, Yeah, I mean, I've to me, I've, and I could be completely
1: wrong about this, but I feel like bands like Dance Gavin Dance wouldn't exist without something like I Am Hollywood and that first EP. It's like it's... There's so much of that vibe in their early stuff, at least yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, no,
0: totally, and I think that a lot of, I mean, I think that even though the trend was was moving this way anyways, I think that a lot of um, a lot of bands that wanted to be, like, taken more seriously and not just be involved in the mainstream felt they had a little bit more license to, like, lighten things up sometimes, maybe do yeah. some singing, do you know, and, and really vary things up, uh, and I think that, that, like you said about, I mean, your own band, like, it gave you this sort of comfortability to to start to pursue something that maybe before you thought like okay well nobody else wants to do this but then all of a sudden he is legend comes along and blows the fucking doors down and and here we are you know all these years later and uh you know i i think that it's it's funny now to think that he is legend started off being grouped in with all those like metalcore bands and, and these bands that were doing some clean vocals and all this other stuff but now they sort of just fell out. They moved themselves out of that spotlight. And all these years later, like you said, we're, we're at White Bat where all of a sudden they've really just stuck their flag in the ground of like, this is what we sound like. We fucking made it. It's been a long journey since I am Hollywood, but like, we're here. It's interesting. Cause I remember that,
1: that point in time so vividly just, uh, how there wasn't bands like that. And I remember going, playing a show with that band out of state, uh, that I was in and, S- we're setting up and somebody asked what do you guys sound like and we're like have, I was like have you heard of he is legend and they're like no and I'm like well that's disappointing i'm <laughs> <laughs> well, like well then you're in for something because this is this is what it is and it's just it's the way it's not even you know there was such a distinction between clean vocals and scream vocals and you know you're all these bands that are like all right we have to and we were guilty of this too at the time um with you know some early stuff but it's like you know all right there's this part that's screaming this part's that's you know like there was definitely like a chop you know like there was Parts to our to the songs, and with I Am Hollywood, and even the first EP, it's like it just all flowed together. Like it was just, it was like it married so well, and they did so many genres. I mean, even if you look at like a Wikipedia for that album, it's just like here are all the genres. There's about a thousand of them because they just they married it so well, and not in an annoying way. To like, hey, we can do it. It's like we're gonna write a really, you know, kick ass song, and you know, deal with it, and it goes all over the place.
0: Yeah, I feel like they always wrote uh more just in terms of like what the song called for and i feel like you hear about that a lot now in bands where they, that's how they kind of that's how they justify whatever they're doing They're like oh we just you know wrote whatever seemed like it would make the best song but i feel like he is legend really really did that and that was why they were able to to push the envelope so much because um it didn't matter what was going to be accepted or what was cool they just were like okay this song is going to sound really sick if he like sings this entire time or whatever um but I do feel like once again they've now they've hit that comfortability again. Uh, and j- jumping back to what you had said before about the new album and how it's recorded so well. I mean, it's recorded phenomenally. I mean, the drums on it are so so tight and crisp. And uh, oh my god! And and that guitarist, as you said, has always been amazing. Um, but like th- this album just seems like it's a whole other like. Tier like he's playing some of those riffs in like fucking drop omega or some shit yeah. like.
1: <laughs> well, I think that's that's my qualms with the with the other. Al- I mean, because I do and it's, you know, like I said, when Suck Out the Poison came out, it was such a you know hard turn the other direction. I mean, songwriting it was similar, but they were clearly going this more southern route. So like it took me a while to get into that album. Uh, I came like it hates you came out and I was like, all right, this is be- this is more what I'm into, uh, and so I had to go back to Suck Out the Poison, but. um it just seems like between that and then after that was heavy fruit, um, like they were, t- to me, it didn't feel like they were confident in what they were doing. They're like, all right, we're going to try some stuff. Like it got a little softer, which was fine. But like, I don't know, the delivery of it just never felt like it was like, we're 100% selling this to you as our best work. Because I've been in bands where, you know, you do write songs to write songs and fill an album and, you know, they're not bad songs, but, you know, you didn't put all of your best into it. Yeah. And I just – I feel like there was a lot of those. And then they came back, you know, with Few, the one before this, and they're starting to get into that mold. There's still a couple on there, that's like, all right, you know, this is not a, a, a start to finish for me. But I don't know. Something about if it's if this is just a me thing. But, like, when White Bad, it's just like the whole I, – I, I believe them in this one. Like, this feels genuine. This feels like something they should have done, they wanted to do. And based on the feedback I've seen, it seems like other people feel the same way. Like, oh shit! Like, all right, this is I'm paying attention now. Yeah,
0: you know? and I, I think that they could have. I mean, I guess there's there's growth to be had in every album, but in my opinion, they probably could have just skipped Heavy Fruit and Few and gotten me here just the same. Or at least may, maybe the order just seems a little off to me. But I mean, those albums are much more very like they're very stoner rock. They're uh, those songs really build a lot and have a much slower pacing. Which is all fine, but it's just not – it's not necessarily what I'm here for, and I think that, once again, you said confidence. I don't think that they had that as much on those albums. So it it is – it's here now, and, um, yeah, definitely seeing the way they're promoting it on their own Instagrams and, and everything like that, they are very proud of this album through and through. I mean, they, sh- they should be. I mean, I, th- th- especially f- – and kind of back to what,
1: when they started, I mean, I think they got lumped into – they were on solid state. I don't think they were a very – you know, Christian-like band at the time, and that's what everybody was into, and, you know, I remember hearing stories of them, you know, the singer doing cocaine in the back, and people were like, oh my god, you know, <laughs> you know, do what you got to do, but I mean, as a frontman, I've always really loved Skylar Croom. I just think he's that epitome of just, like, you know, rock and roll, and I really enjoyed his name, I've used Skylar, you know, as my uh, gaming name and everything else for years, it's just... I th- always really thought that dude was really cool. Um, he is. He's he's but,
0: real. Every time I see him, I'm like, I have never wanted to wear rings more in my life. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, he's all jewelry, baby.
0: I yeah, mean, the men <laughs> they, is but even glamorous. the other members. I mean,
1: they look so fucking southern, but they were playing music that did not match at the time, and now it definitely matches. But you know, it just it had more of a uh, a core to the to the genre than than it does now. I mean, it's just it just this is just pure fucking rock with definitely some heaviness to it, but it's. Mm-hmm. It's rock, I baby. I really, I mean, I want to roll the windows down. I want to fucking yell. I'm White Bat, and I kind of like that every <laughs> fucking day at this point. I want to get that fucking tattooed on me. It's just <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah,
0: I mean, I you know, I like seriously, when I put this album on, like it gets humid. Like it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, it, it's like. In the best way possible, like it's fucking swamp music, dog. It is. I mean, that
1: is a great way. I mean, I know they're from the Carolinas, and this feels like a Carolina's album, and I'm here for it. And I just, I need more. I want to sit with this. I mean, I've listened to it probably six times in a row in the past three days. Just wanted to anticipate this because, but I really wanted to. Like it's, it's, it's good. And there's even there is soft moments. So I don't want to mislead anyone. Like this is just a heavy, you know, album all the way through. Like they do do their normal he is legend stuff, but it's just done so much more confidently and uh precise and like even one song i think uncanny valley like is completely soft the whole time and they just kind of stop like the song just kind of ends and oh and like, it's okay. so good yeah i'm just like that was good like you did i didn't need any more like i appreciate you
0: I, the way that i always gauge a song is whenever i'm actually going through an album and i'll just have it playing or something it's always whenever i hear a song that i have to stop and check what the song title is so that i can remember it for oh, later absolutely. so yes yeah. uncanny valley was one of those for me that i was like oh wait a second uh, let me take note because this is fucking sick
1: Oh, yeah, that's when the, that Dream Theater riff came in on "Resistor, Resistor." I'm like, well, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can, we, can we talk about that? And even th- – I mean, th- even the lyrics on this are just – they're so good in so many parts. They're just – they just ooze a certain attitude and uh, I don't know. It, but, but they've always been good about th- – or Skyler has. I just – these really made me take notice because it didn't feel like I'm trying to push so much on you or have so many words or, you know, there's no huge message. It's just, you know, I am the white bat, and I kind of like
0: that. Like, fucking,
1: yeah. okay, I'm here for it.
0: Yeah, I I I have not dived too deep into um any of like the interviews any of them have done about this, but I, I haven't either really. I would be curious to see uh just like some of the subject material that he was pulling from lyrically because I mean, really, like at times, um I mean, especially with White Bat, like I get really vivid pictures in my mind of what he's singing about, and they could be completely wrong, but I think that's that's all the more credit to him that he is like you said, lyrically, I think he's, he's really doing it right now because, um, like he he's painting me a picture and I'm, I, my mind is running with it, uh, everything that he's saying. And I can, it's one of the first albums of theirs, maybe the only album of theirs that, uh, from start to finish, I can actually envision those people making like the sounds, <laughs> uh, rather than just being like, man, that's really crazy that these, uh, these Southern dudes are making this, this album. Um, I will say one of the only disappointments that I even had on the entire album is that – which and maybe there's – this maybe have uh, ended a while ago, but there still ain't no China White, uh, whatever it would be, like oh. six on here.
1: <laughs> yeah, what? Uh, when did they – I've got Spotify pulled it. Well, I guess they stopped at three on It Hates You.
0: I guess that – yeah, well, that's, that's – I guess that's what I figured is uh, – I yeah. don't remember hearing one on Heavy Fruit or Few, but uh, no. China, the, the China White songs were always so sick. Oh, yeah. I mean the original China White. I mean mm. – (laughs) oh boy
1: (laughs) that they're all it's anybody who is listening to this the few people that do it's if you have not listened to he is legend obviously listen to the new album and go back and listen to i am hollywood just to kind of get what is probably considered to most people their peaks uh but definitely check out the whole discography because it's it's not the same they didn't they never made the same record twice and i really commend them for that and they always try to do them um i think that's what they've always tried to put across and that's kind of what you know Led people astray is because oh they're not this Christian band I thought they were oh they're not doing the genre I thought and they're like ah we don't really give a fuck you know like this is this is what we're gonna do um, I mean and, and
0: also they've they've sort of I think through the years there were times when I wasn't really sure that they would even like keep going on I mean they they crowdfunded their last album and um, almost oh yeah a few yeah yeah right. and for a huge chunk of time whenever they were coming through town. It would always be at, like super small venues with very weird lineups. But I know
1: I missed them when they played. They played a really small place in Columbus, and I regret not going. But it would have been miserable because seeing a sold out show at that venue would have been awful. It was at Double Happiness, if you remember that. Place. I, I do. I mean, and You that, played that place. Yeah. That would you, not have been. No, no, I did not. Play no, you, you went to a show there with me. That's yes. what it was. But uh, that would yeah, not have been fun. Band, it probably was fun for them, but. Uh, I, I really should have gone, but I'd rather see them off this album, to be honest. So I hope that they – because I know they're not as active, but they're active.
0: Yeah, um, I, I would hope that they get at least one, like, really, really good solid tour. Even if they're just a supporting act, I would love to go see that uh, because I think that I'm much more compelled to do it now than I was on the last few albums. Like, I know I know what they're – what I'm getting into now, seeing them live. Well, Yeah, they should be writing this. And I've never – to be honest, I've never seen them in person
1: because the show I went to way back when – when I still lived in Texas, uh, I think it was right when they were – actually, was when they were throwing off I Am Hollywood. I remember, for whatever reason, we didn't get the show on time, and I saw them basically closing with the I Am Hollywood chant at the end of the song, and I'm like, no!
0: <laughs> that's the biggest bummer I think I've ever heard. That that might be – that's up there yeah. with you missing Boys Night Out. It's, basically, the same thing happened. I can't remember. For some reason, I didn't see the
1: whole show – the boys not out one was just because it was forever away and we were late in traffic, blah blah blah. But I don't remember what this one was. And I want to say for some reason, maybe they were opening for Story of the Year. I could be wrong about that. Wow, it was at Ridgely Theater. It was a weird. I remember it being a weird lineup, and nobody was really there for He's Is Legend because they like they were played first, obviously. Um, so it didn't make it didn't make it wasn't like the complete curveball for them to be on it. But you know, that Story of the Year fans aren't going to give a shit about He's Is Legend. Yes, yeah, so so. that's not
0: going to necessarily track for them.
1: But I do remember seeing and shaking the singer's hand afterwards, uh, so that was the one highlight from that, but yeah, it's, all these years later, you know, from 2004 to 2019, I mean, you know, the 15 years, they're clearly still doing it, and I commend any band that can do that and put out great records, because I know how hard it is to even try to make a record, or one song in general, uh, that are as good as these songs, so it's
0: yeah and, you know. god and and to have the, yeah exactly and to have the <laughs> to have the motivation and the and the, the gumption to still be making albums and to be trying this hard on every album like f- fuck yeah dude fucking i'm here for it i can tell you care yeah. so we care too and if they ever yeah. want to hang out i'll hang out with them
1: yeah and this is one that i'll probably still be listening to even after this uh podcast but um it's one i'll keep revisiting for sure just I mean, come on, just turn on White Bat. Please turn on White Bat, somebody, and just listen to it right now. (laughs) Just the way it starts, even with those drums, just assaults me. Well, that's what was interesting about the album before this, because, you know, it didn't open like this, the thing, it was called Air Raid, I'm looking at, and it started, like, soft, and it was, like, abruptly starts the album, so, like, you know, that always threw me off, but, like, when a band can come out swinging, like, you know, open your album and give me a reason to go to track two and three, you know, and this is... As soon as the second track, I mean, Burn All Your Rock Records, I mean, a dumb kind of fucking title, but the song itself is great. I mean, it's – I just – I believe them. Like, this is what makes – excites me, and once we keep listening, is because, like, okay, yeah, this this is not something I'm going to write, but I want to I wanna listen to it more, you know?
0: God damn it. It really – even you just, like, saying the song titles makes me just want to go get in my car and drive fast. I mean, there's a song called "I Teeth." What is that? Let's listen to it. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: that's and actually, that that may be my favorite song on the album. That song. I was gonna
1: ask, like, we should probably say what our favorite song is. Yeah, are, I, like, then
0: I I can say I think pretty assuredly that "I uh, Teeth" is my favorite. Um, I've listened to it the most for sure of any of the the songs on the album. I I do like Eye Teeth,
1: so I'll I'll say
0: skin so soft i
1: really like and i really like boogie woman just because it's so fucking ridiculous and there's a music video that's basically rob zombie video so check that out but i think i have to go back to white bat because it's still just <laughs> it's the best for me that chant at the end all the samples in it that for whatever reason they're there <laughs> it's just,
0: i i like will they're... yeah white bat is the is the runner up for sure but uh but Eye Teeth is a great song. Man, I don't really know if this man uh, smokes cigarettes or not, Skylar if Oh, he has to. I mean, my God, he sounds like he is singing on the porch in the South. Like, he is, his yeah. voice is so coarse, but in in the most, like, controlled way. It doesn't sound like I'm listening to someone struggle, but he just sounds... I, I don't know what he's finally figured out, because he did figure it out a
1: couple albums ago, but, like, this one, it just sounds... That's kind of the point I was trying to make, is, like, it's not singing, it's not screaming. I mean, he does do all those things, but it's just, like, it's just the perfect... It's not... It's... It's kind of similar to how, you know, uh, Keith Buckley got to with Every Time I Die. It's just like, this is just the voice, you know, and so that's, this album sounds like just the voice, you know, I don't, I don't think of it in, you know, screaming, singing, whatever it is, it's just like, no, this is just rock. Like, this is, you know, how music was 60, 70, where it's just like, it wasn't about singing, it was just like, here is a voice on this music, and, you know, it's melodic or whatever, but. It it didn't seem like there's a lot of thinking involved. It's just like he's just doing it. Like this is he wrote he wrote some shit down and said, oh okay, that's the riff, and then just started you know making noise over it. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's all very organic, uh, for sure. He doesn't he doesn't feel like he's ever going out of his his comfort zone at all. Uh, I mean, so so yes, overall, I mean, this album can't recommend it enough, and I I would say. Pretty sh- pretty sure this is uh, going to be in like my top ten albums probably of the year. Uh, we'll see what oh, yeah. else comes out. Top five for
1: for me for sure. I mean,
0: whatever but... else comes out in the next six months, uh, you know, has some time to dethrone it. But I I would say this has secured itself as one of the best albums of 2019 for me.
1: I think so because I as much as I like heavy music and I listen to it, like it's hard for for a heavy album, you know, if we're going even heavier like death metal or whatever, for, to be like a top album for me because at some point those just in my head you know i want more you know i need more melody i need more something to sing along to if you will and this one's just like it has all the notes so this for me being a heavy album like for that to be in a top for my year is just it's rare so i'm like so
0: excited that like it's he is (laughs) legend what a time to be alive that in 2018 you can have a great hopes fall record and in 2019 you can have a great he is legend album and for the host fall I was expecting it. This one I was not. Yeah. I just assumed
1: it was gonna be another one I'd listen to and go, Oh, I'm glad there's still a band. This is like no, I want the band in my living room today. <laughs> like this is <laughs>
0: I want them to have a private party at my house. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Before we move on, the only thing I want to say because I always think of this when I think of the name, and I don't remember if we've—I'm we, sure we've talked about it—but the Aquatine.
0: Oh my God! Yes. Uh, episode. I was hoping you'd talk about this with
1: the, with the shaman because I always wanted that to be where their name came from, but it didn't. It, they just changed I is Legend the book uh, to he is Legend. But the, I can't remember the context. I should have watched it before this. But just his whole yes, he is Legend. <laughs> just like <laughs> it's, uh, or it's uh, talking about they're talking about the chicken yeah. or whatever, and yeah, arise a chicken, arise chicken. Wait, <laughs> he is Legend. <laughs> <laughs> So every time, even uh, when I saw it then, because I already knew who the band was, like I just for me those Aquatine and His Legend go together in my head, uh, and I can't I can't separate the two.
0: <laughs> they are they are of a piece for me, uh, and I I love it. That is, yeah, damn. It. I I guess I didn't know for sure that that isn't where their name came from, but uh, yeah, it damn well they should, should have been. That anyway. that is, they should tell people
1: that anyway. they should tell
0: people. Yeah, that should, should mean, be a retcon so. con, that they go back and yeah, it's yeah, just uh, yeah. no, it's from Aquatine. <laughs> it's
1: definitely Aquatine. So if you haven't watched Aqua Teen Hunger Force, do yourself a favor and check
0: it out. Yeah, this is actually the Aqua Teen podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're changing it, you know, second episode. <laughs> yeah, we
0: decided we're going to do a reroute, and it is Aqua Teen only.
1: Yeah,
0: I would do that podcast. I would absolutely do that podcast. Uh, well, He is Legend, White Bat, go listen to it now. Uh, Recommended. Yes, yeah, support those guys as much as you can. They've been doing it for a long time, and they deserve uh, as much praise as you can possibly shower them in via social media and otherwise. Yes. And let us know what you like about it too. I mean, or if you hate it, tell us we're dumb. That's true. Uh, we will, we will definitely be open to hearing, uh, all of your feedback on any of these albums that we talk about. Um, and really, you know, come at us with some, some altering opinions. If you don't like the album and, uh, you know, we'll tell yeah, you why I would, you're
1: wrong. I, I'd be happy to revisit topics at later date just to briefly, you know,
0: if we have a mailbag, you go through. <laughs> yes, I am totally here. I love user feedback. Uh, so please, 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 please let us know. Um, but now we can sort of move into some other, maybe a little more personal and a little more broad spectrum topics uh, and just talking about live live shows in general. And um, you had actually, you just sort of posed this idea to me about talking about live shows, what makes a good live show and all of that. Uh, but part of why I think that for me, I really wanted to talk about this this week was that um, as of recording this, it was actually exactly a week ago. Coheed and Cambria, Every Time I Die, and Mastodon came through uh Austin. Oh, you went? No. You never told me if you went or I did oh, not did go.
1: Not... Oh, never mind. Shut it down. We're done. <laughs> well, I shouldn't I shouldn't complain because I bitched out and got sick the day they came to Columbus, which I really regret, but I, I I could not have gone. It would have made me fucking miserable, so I never bought tickets ahead of
0: time. Um and they were I did. They... I wasted a hundred and twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Still pissed. Well, about lucky for you because they were way more expensive than that here. Uh, but you know, price wasn't necessarily a factor in this. But I will say that it it made me think about, in general, just like what are my what are the mitigating factors for me to decide whether or not I'm going to a show? Because a- anymore, I mean, with every year that passes by, and it's not like I'm some old man, but I think that every year that goes by, old as dirt, twenty twenty five years old, baby. One day, oh, one day closer to grave. the grave yeah <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> um but i think that with every passing year you know it's i'm a little bit more of like a recluse and stuff so it's harder for me to to say like i'm going to go to every single show that i want to go to so i no, i've that's been th-
1: life i mean creature comforts yeah. exactly
0: and i've been thinking more and more about you know wh- what makes me want to go to a show and as much as i love all three of those bands that were on that bill all of it added up i just i i didn't have the time or probably the money uh, to go and see it and I would have been forcing it and I just I, I didn't choose to do it um, but with all that in mind then i'm I'm curious then for the both of us what we think is like what makes a good live show how do we know that whenever we see a certain band post about a show in our area you know what what is that trigger that really makes us say all of a sudden like okay yes, I'm going to that I'm buying tickets day one and there's so many different things that can play into that but i'm curious for you uh what are like what what are some of the top reasons i guess that sounds all clickbaity but i mean what what are some of the the main reasons that you will see a band that you're just like yes i know i'm going to that no matter what non-negotiable
1: i mean it's hard cuz recently i you know as i've said we've i've bought tickets and haven't gone to things because of you know life or laziness but sometimes my bed is more comfortable than standing on concrete so. you said it best uh, brother <laughs> <laughs> um but to get me to actually go out one um so if it's a band i know uh like for example you know he's legend if they put out they just put out a great album like okay i have a desire to go see that live you know but like this every time i d- uh, die and Mastodon and coheed like it was coheed's new album came out which i do enjoy and i want to see live because they've been playing the same set list the last three times i've seen them basically so i want to see some new stuff um but nobody else had really, you know, I'm not a huge Mastodon fan. It would have been great to see live. But it, some of it's like the, you know, where it's at, the content. So it's going to be hot in July or whatever it was, end of May, June for me. You know, outdoors, you know, every time I die, I was playing at 630, you know, work. So it's, just, it's a lot of bullshit like that um, to even get me to want to do that. But to me, it's more, I, I more look at this as like, And why I brought it up was like new bands, like bands I haven't seen before. Um, Like what makes that great for me because, you know, I've just seen too many. I'm sure this has always been there, but I just maybe as a jaded old man uh, and being in the live music scene, I'm just so tired of seeing bands um, that just they look like they don't want to be there. Like it's just a chore. It's like, you know, if I came all the way down here in this, you know, shitty basement club or, you know, whatever it is, you know, like. Give me a reason to remember you, and I've been guilty of this in bands, you know, of, or having band members do the same thing, where, like, they're not selling, at the end of the day, it's still, you're a band, you're still selling yourselves, it's still, not not in a business aspect, but, like, it's an entertainment thing, it's like, you don't go to a play, and then, you know, half the actors aren't caring, like, I, I feel like a lot of bands forget that, that it's, you know, you're here to entertain, we're not in your practice space with you, and we're not, I don't want to see you bullshit or do all this, it's like, no, entertain me, show me some professionalism show me you know that you care about these songs I don't it may not even be uh, there's plenty of bands that I think are great live but I'm never gonna go listen to but it's like all right I respect you so you know I just I don't see enough of that um even in bands that are you know doing big tours it's just like I hate seeing uh, this whole miserable you know I'm a very big emo fan but I don't want to see you be emo (laughs) in front of me like you know you know dive into your song pull those emotions out but like in between songs you know talk do this you know the classic examples meet a bunch of buddies went and saw mineral you know the classic emo band from the 90s that's basically started that genre and it was the worst fucking show i've ever been to (laughs) like they played great they played the songs exactly how how they are on the album and they said nothing between every single song and even the crowd after you know half the set is just like what what is this what are we why are we here And somebody's yelling, like, tell us about your day! Like, just literally somebody just like, help us, you know, relate to you. It's like, I don't need you to come out there and give a speech, but, like, you know, let's all have some fun together. So it's like, it's hard for me to, I I get this whole vibe, and you know, this whole generation of, you know, we're miserable and everything else. And, you know, like, we're not going to show our true colors. But, you know, at the end of the day, entertain me. Act like you're having fun. You know, play your shit well. You know, have a good set. Don't give me too much. Don't give me too little And I think of that even of big bands too, you know, so the bands that are obviously touring got there for a reason, so they know how to do it. But I just, there's this whole weird vibe in music and especially live stuff where it's just like, I don't know, sometimes I just walk away like, well, that wasn't worth it. You know, I could, I could have watched that on YouTube. Like, don't give me a reason to go to YouTube.
0: I think that um, you really hit the nail on the head for, for me, a lot of it is if I see a band on I mean, like say that I I see a band that I know I like or maybe even a band that I don't like and I see them um, do a performance on YouTube or or anywhere and I see that they are happy to be there and they're putting like everything into it and uh, then I want to go see them. I really, it it becomes so much less about how much I know the songs, like the band, um, but if I see how much they're putting into it, I'm like, okay, I am already 50% more interested than I was a minute ago. So me. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I think that one of the biggest examples for me, uh, I have two examples of bands that I absolutely love uh on the album and I'm I mean I'm talking like, you know, top 15, 20 bands for me ever that I have seen live on multiple occasions and it is like left such a sour taste in my mouth for literally the fact that they just didn't seem like they wanted to be there or that it was just I hate that. It was very entertaining and and I hate to to call anybody out or throw shade, but I mean those two bands for me are the deer hunter and between the buried and me and the deer hunter i think there's a lot to be said of, of, about them because i want to talk about all their albums and i am i'm a huge deer hunter nerd and that is definitely a conversation for another day but i have seen them on multiple different tours with uh, different types of bands different crowds and uh every time i have walked away from it thinking like man these guys did not make me feel like they wanted to be here and if anything like it kind of made me uncomfortable that i was there watching them and then on the other end of that spectrum i've seen between the buried me and it's almost like it was it was an example of seeing a band that i think was sort of they were carrying themselves uh as if they were sort of performing on a larger stage or to more people, which is totally fine because them specifically, their music may lend themselves to it. But, you know, when you're seeing them in a club that holds like, you know, 600 people to like maybe, you know, 900 or something, that sounds like a lot, but it's really, that's still an intimate show for a band that's playing like huge bombastic prog music. And for for them to not really... Um, reciprocate that energy and you know it's, it's very sort of weird and, and you do walk away from it thinking you know okay I, I probably could have just watched that on youtube so those that's i mean that's huge for me but um i think that something that's actually very relevant uh that just happened that i've been seeing a lot about and also plays into for me what i what i want to see and what makes me want to go is uh i don't know if you've seen any of the videos of the have heart reunion
1: oh yeah yeah. i haven't watched like the full but i've seen enough instagram posts. whoa uh,
0: bro that is insane like that that even as a person who's not a big have heart fan at all uh like seeing a fucking hardcore band get up on stage in a fucking parking lot and play in front of like nine or ten thousand people that are losing their minds and are just like i mean like you see people that are so emotional that like you feel it just seeing them. You you see these people that are ha- experiencing these moments and, like, trying to get on stage, and these lyrics, like, these everything means so much to them, and the band is encouraging that, and the people are allowed to express themselves so fully, and there are obviously drawbacks at times to having a hardcore band where, like, you know, there's 9,000 people on stage with you, but... Oh, but but that's the genre that,
1: you know, you know that's the whole reason it exists. Yeah, <laughs> and it's great. You know, hard, hard, hardcore exists because of that, because it's the camaraderie, it's the community... And you know it's that's why it's encouraged. That's why they're always such fun shows. I mean, and you know, to the extent of you know pop punk or anything else, it's all based in that kind of hardcore community, to where it's like you know we're we're having fun, we're doing this. You know, hardcore's more angry, but you know, look, go watch the This Is Hardcore festival. You know, see, you know, Code Orange get up there, and it's the same thing. You know, they're more they're way heavier than typical hardcore at this point. But it's just like there's that camaraderie and that community that's just like it doesn't. I don't expect to go to that Mineral show and people getting on stage and freaking out, but it's just. But it's also like you know, don't. I hate to say this because it's not really what I mean. You know, I don't care if a band goes up there and plays the album as it is because that's why I like the music. You don't have to change it up or do anything. But like, give me a reason till the next time I listen to that album. I'm gonna I'm gonna picture this moment and go, you know, oh, at that point the drummer goes fucking crazy here, just like I envisioned. He would, you know, like, but don't, you know, like all these images I have in my head don't ruin that for me because it's gonna take it away. And it's interesting, the Deer Hunter and Between the Bear and Me are two bands that I like, but you are a way bigger fan of. Um and they're both two bands that it's like they're they're um, they're almost like a musicians band ish. You know, it's a band that you watch. So to not, you know, really emphasize watch us and you know, it's almost like going to see Dream Theater, which I've only seen the one time, but I've seen several times. But they're like fun to watch because they're you know obviously virtuosos. And they're and insane. But they're they're not you know headbanging or anything. But you're 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 getting a show out of it just by watching how they do something. And it could be the same thing for Between the Buried and Me. But I don't know. I. You know, I've never been a f- full-time touring musician. I've done tours, and I get – because for me, as much as it's fun, you know, the few times I've done it, it's a fucking slog, and I want to come home. You know, you, you know, weekend tours are always the best thing <laughs> because you you have a beginning and end, and I can come back home. But, you know, to be out there on the road, I understand, you know, all the shit you have to go through. You're miserable. You're not comfortable. But, you know, your one job <laughs> is, you know, 30 minutes to an hour to whatever it is to do this and then, you know – Go back to whatever you're doing. Go back and play Switch. You know, like don't <laughs> I'm saying to, to, to bring that energy up on stage. And I've seen so many bands talk about this and I think Coheed is probably one too, where they're like, you know, this is we you let all that shit go. You know, you know what you're here for. This is as much as it's you don't want it to be a job, this is your job. Like this is what you're here to do. Give people what they came for, put all that shit aside because that's why we all got into music in the first place. So don't bring your shit up on stage and ruin it for everybody else because that's not that does not make a good show. And I've have always really been a a big theater fan. I love theatrical stuff. So like bands, you know, when I was growing up, like I loved, you know, new metal because of how theatrical it was just based on, you know, it was all very, which obviously led to emo and everything else, but you know, it's very, they always had huge stage shows like Korn and Slipknot and everything else. Like I just love seeing that. And that's why I uh, I really love like Marilyn Manson in his early days because it was just like, there was this whole, when you were going to go, you were going to get something out of it like it wasn't you weren't going to see something uh, that you were going to see the next night like it was always something different and that's why I, that's why I still love Slipknot to this day it's because they're still putting on that spectacle of a show and i know they're a huge band but you know i've seen little bands do it too with nothing but you know one distortion pedal two guitar players and a drummer you know like it's just you can do it i just i don't know why people don't figure that out you know and it's it, the stage is a great way to get over some of your insecurities and it's to not use that vehicle to its fullest and then, be, and then walk away and be confused why, you know, why does people not love my band? It's, well, you're not giving me a reason to love your band.
0: And, and, you know, actually, speaking to the theatrical nature of some of those bands, I think, to be honest, and you you may not feel as strongly as I do about it, but I think one of the best examples um, in recent memory is to think about what My Chemical Romance did for the Black Parade. Oh, my God. That was all theatrics. Like, that I was... mean, not not only was the album theatrical in nature and what they were doing, but to, but like that whole tour that they did, and and the subsequent years that they continue to do off it, I mean, that was like such a. To think that they were do they were willing to set all that up and to go through all that when when you think that their audience was like literally mostly kids, probably age sixteen and below. But think of what that's carried on to, like Twenty One Pilots, they're doing that now. Exactly, FC I mean,
1: like they're, they're huge shows, huge spectacles, playing in the crowd. Like, you know, that's two dudes out there doing that, and you know, clearly they're writing you know poppy music. I, I don't hate that band, but they're not they're not necessarily my cup of tea. But like, I would go to that show if I got tickets to it. I'd go see it because it it looks awesome. <laughs> like, that that's that's the the point. And I I don't know why people can't grasp that side of it. And Mike cam uh, interesting. You brought that up because that is a band that I saw from their infancy, open for so many tours. And I've had plenty of friends who can vouch for that. That they I just saw them so many times in the same year play off that very first album that I became a really big fan. And I, I of course dropped off because it just wasn't my thing anymore. But you know even at that point when they were doing nothing stage show wise other than playing these songs like they were still putting on a show like he was still Mr. Frontman he was still like they still had a vibe they still had an image and you know you don't have to wear war paint and you know goofy costumes to have an image you know like i've seen plenty of other styles of music just get up there and like this is who we are and you remember it you know like it's just it's it's what makes it fun you know like i give me a reason to walk away and yeah more.
0: and we we brought this up last episode and it is ever more applicable now is what we said about bring me the horizon me and you yeah we, that's a perfect example. i mean me yeah. and you walk into the show where we're like well we have time to kill so i guess we're gonna sit here and watch this band that neither of us like and by the end of it it was like all i wanted to do was go home and listen to bring me the horizon and it was i mean it, and we both and did. we did <laughs> and i and now because literally because of that one show i like i can confidently say like I'm a Bring Me the Horizon fan, and I'm not really ashamed to say that because those dudes went out there and, like, they understood that they were there to fucking just absolutely crush it for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, and they knew just how to get everybody involved, and it was every second I felt like I was getting my money's worth tenfold. Um, And I think, yeah, that's a great example, and um, I mean, to a lesser degree, because I... Obviously, it's a it's very problematic in nature. But you also brought up last episode in that same breath, talking about Attila and brother. Do do I do I not like Attila? But but all that oh, being God. said, but I will say they were kind of fun to watch. Yeah, well, exactly, and that's my point. <laughs>
1: they're awful. They're awful, 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 awful band. But they were. They did. They 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 are not uh, swaying from what they're
0: trying to sell. Like they they are just. This is what we are. Fucking deal with it. And I can respect that that's a great example, too, of a band that, yeah, I, I don't like and I'm not going to go listen to ever for many reasons, yeah. but, like
1: – Oh, we made fun of it pretty, pretty hard. But, there,
0: but but you know, you still see not only among people like us, but even people that, like, are in other bands that play festivals and with them. I mean, Attila is just pure, like, riot fuel. You just – I mean, and you're there for one reason.
1: But we need that. We need, we need more bands like that. Like, I mean, I hate to sit on my old man chair and say that, but it's just like, you know, I want – I want another Marilyn Manson, damn it! And we just—we're not going to have it. We're in such a culture, and I just—the music world is not ready for that. And too many people—it's so easy for somebody to make music and put it out there. And there's obviously tons of great artists, but it's just like the live show. I feel like is not the same, and that is what it is. And it'll swing the other way, but I don't know. Just I remember going to shows all the time as a teenager, and just this—this this energy and this vibe, and you know, it just—it doesn't feel like it's the same anymore because it's so easy to just go to YouTube and watch whatever and. You know, I've been in a band where I played shows where I felt like people should have been more into it, and I got upset. And that's my fault. That's not the audience's fault. Like clearly, it's either it's not for them, or I'm doing something. There's something here that's not sucking them in, and I needed to do a better job. I needed to do a better job of that. And I've read recently, you know, the band, uh, the 1975, which took me a long time to get into, but I really like that band. Um, but they played a more metal-centric festival because it's festival season right now overseas. And I heard the singer, a story about the singer who basically, you know, lost his shit because they played to a really small crowd because nobody, it wasn't it was a cup of tea there. But that's that's an opportunity to bring more people in and be like, all right, you know, pay, it, you know, here's why you may like us kind of things. So that's, to me, that's, you work harder. You don't, you don't work, you don't work less in that scenario. And I don't know if it's a culture thing or music industry thing. It's just like, that's a perfect opportunity to be like, I, I feel like as a musician, like you just get into this whole, you know, expectation of, all right, people are going to be here, I just continue doing the same thing every night, you know, because it's guaranteed. Like, I would, I would always think you'd be, like, excited to have an opportunity of, like, oh, these people don't know who we are, we're huge, or they don't like us, let me give you a reason to like us. And unless they were throwing fucking, you know, bottles at them, which didn't happen, like, it's just, really, that should be your motivation, is, like, turn someone into a fan, because you can turn somebody into a lifelong fan by one good shit. And I,
0: I think the absolute, bar none, in my opinion, best example of that is Every Time I Die, because they literally will not st- – Every show. Yeah, and they will literally not stop accepting tours with these band where they have the opportunity to play in front of other people. And, I mean, if, if you don't believe me, they're they're like one of their latest Instagram posts because they just finished that Coheed tour. I, I saw that. It's a, it was a great Yeah, it's just them saying yeah. like, dude, we're 40 years old, but nothing excites us more as a band than going out to literally like 1,000-plus people a night that have no idea who we are, are not there for us. But then by the end of it, we get 10 or 15 tweets from people that are like, oh, dude, holy shit, I didn't know I liked you, but now I'm like, I'm a forever fan. And and I think that they've, I mean, Jesus Christ, can I talk about how Every Time I Die may may honestly be, not just because they're my favorite band, but I think that they may be the perfect... We
1: both have their uh, logo tattooed on us, so I think that says, we do love Every Time I Die. <laughs> that is a lifelong commitment because they are such a good band. Yeah, uh, I mean... Good people, good exactly. band.
0: Exactly, I think they are the best example of... of in terms of doing music as a business, doing it as a passion, everything, they encompass it all and like I said to think that they are still able to go out at 40 and be like yeah, we're accepting a tour with like fucking Taking Back Sunday, Coheed and Cambria, d- doesn't matter. No. They'll do it because they know what that can what that can be for them. It's it's just got to be boring to play to the same you know, metal
1: dudes every night. I mean, they've done that. That's how they got here. So to be able to be like, alright, we have a built-in fan base. We know who, who we cater to, but like, let's, let's try some shit. Uh, they're obviously gonna, they'll come back and they'll play a metal tour. That's fine. You know, we'll go to that too, but I like a more diverse, I don't want something out of left field. Like, I don't need a country artist and a rap artist and a metal artist being on the same bill, but you know, if you're always within the same rock genre, like, I, that's fine. I usually enjoy going to shows to see all the opening bands because I feel like it's an opportunity to see something I don't know about, and I've For years now, I even when I played local shows, I would never look up the bands ahead of time because I felt like that was their opportunity to sell me on them, not the demo or the album out there because that that doesn't represent the band to me. You know, I've always wanted to even recordings I've done like I wanted to be as close to live as possible because that's you know really why you do this. I mean, you know, unless you're a a, you know electronic artist like you know you're writing songs live. Yeah, you're
0: yeah exactly. You're writing them with the intention of actually performing them live and. Um, I mean, in in the limited experience I've even had recording music, which has all been with you, uh, I mean, it's, you, (laughs) it's all good shit. Well, and, but you, you know, when you're recording it, you're right. You're thinking in mind of like how much fun, like I can just imagine how much fun this part would be to play live. And I think that for me, so many, so many albums that I connect with and so many, even just specific parts of songs, even on like a minute level that I connect with are because, I picture in my mind what that looks like with a bunch of people, or what that looks like, you know, like with, uh, you know, a whole room full of people that are sort of having a hive mind about this great part or this great lyric. And, and that's, I mean, that's why I feel like, um, I do gravitate towards going towards hardcore shows, even though some of those bands may not be, like, my all-time favorites or anything. But a great example for me is... I'm actually wearing the shirt right now, but a great example for me is Stray From The Path. And I I don't know if I've, like, in the past four years, I don't know if I've missed a Stray show when they've come through my town. Because it is 100% of the time always amazing. It's just a bunch of people having fun and, like it's, like you said before, I mean, it's camaraderie, it's community, but also those dudes just know how to go out and put on a great fun show, and so for me, like, they've got my money, and if Stray is coming through town, I'm going to go see Stray, and there's there's other bands like that as well, but, you know, yeah, it's sell me on sell me on why you're there and why I should be there.
1: And I, I want to talk about the other side of this, because you made me think of it, you know, the community, the heart community, it just seems so more accepting, I don't know if... The the email community is as much it's just because it's so divided and what it can be um, and even just local scenes I'm sure it's true in every town it's just you know back before the internet age of what we have now like it just people went to shows because that was the thing we we're gonna do versus you know ah I've, I can listen to it later or catch it on YouTube but uh, to the other side of this because we haven't brought it up because this is probably something I'm more into than you uh, more of the pop music side of things you know I'm very into the artist Betty who and so is my wife and I've been t- I've seen her live three times now. And those shows are basically the equivalent of a hardcore show, but for popular. <laughs> yes, I mean, I've seen the videos, um, and I,
0: I I would agree with that.
1: There, I mean, it, obviously, it, she has a huge you know uh, following in the uh, gay community and everything else, and uh, you know that there's just it's such a fun vibe at those shows it, because of just the happiness and the environment she creates. And it's just like any band, what a band would do. So for a single artist to do that and see it in that aspect, because it's it's really made me think about just music in general about you know how to get people engaged in a live show to see because I've grown up in bands and heavy music and blah 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 so just this you know I've always known I like pop music but I, in, in my older years I've really embraced the stuff I like about it and Betty Who just does it in such a great way and check her out if you're in any way interested in that stuff but her live show it's she's got a band she's got a bass player a keyboardist slash guitarist and a drummer who's a phenomenal drummer and her and they just go out there i mean she does have dancers too but uh, just one on each side of her but either way it's like it's still a band it's not a she's not hit and play like she's touring with a band so you're still getting that aspect but the vibe at the show is just we're all here we're having fun dancing you know like it's you know i'm engaged and so it's like it's obviously a lot easier with pop because of how pop is designed but there's no reason other bands and genres can't do that and i think there's we've seen other bands do it but it's just like you know I don't know how, what to tell people to be like, you know, I think your music was really great, but your live show fucking sucked. You know, <laughs> like, that is the last like thing there's... I want to tell someone, but it is. Uh... What's well, the last thing I want to hear, you know, so it's, it's, it's such a struggle, especially, you know, seeing bands first starting out, you know, you got to figure that shit out. But even, you know, bands I see on tours, it's just like, you know, how'd you get on this tour, man? <laughs>
0: like, yeah, exactly. You had to, you had to have talked to somebody. Somebody had to have seen your portfolio before this. And it's probably
1: mostly based on their album, but it's just, I don't know. It's. I hope there's a swing, and I'm just not jaded old man because there are still good bands out there and good live shows, but it's it seems few and far between sometimes, and um, that's what makes shows such a bummer. And I think I, it's the example I brought with last week was As Cities Burn. You know, as much as I love that band and want to see all that stuff live, I just feel like they're not doing themselves justice by touring in such a minimal fashion that they are with one guitar player. You know, as much as I love that drummer, it sometimes feels like he's just asleep at the wheel live. And you know, they're do- mixing these songs where this, you know, screamer comes out and has to take a seat in the back. You know, for these other songs, it just there's something about that doesn't feel like it, it, there's as, there's something to your stage show that has to be completely rock solid. You know, that it's all it's all part of the package, and it just feels disjointed. So they could be such a bigger live band if they would just get the, all the pieces together. And I know how hard that is, you know, for any band, but it's like bring me the whole thing <laughs> don't don't bring me don't bring me a different version of it bring me bring me the whole the whole thing
0: you know it's some of the most intimate experiences and most meaningful experiences i've ever had with music in in any fashion has been through a good live show and and so i think that the point of all of this is that uh you know yes there are, there are many factors that go into whether or not i'm going to see one but i mean when it does it right uh when any band does it right it is I mean, it can be, like, a life-changing experience. I mean, I I think about – I mean, I I already mentioned Stray, but I think about the first time that I saw them uh, was, like, the first time that I ever – and I actually – I saw them by myself. It was the first time that I had ever been to a show by myself um, in general. And –
1: Side note, that's – everybody should do that. Yes.
0: Actually, yes. That's (laughs) – I I will say that really quick. We can get off on that tangent for just a sec. That if you've never just gone to a show by yourself, it – it is one of the most uh, important things I think you can do um, because it is it's it's like it's unbridled joy at times because no, even if you're going with people that you're comfortable with, being able to go there where you know no one and you are just able to experience that music, uh, yes, if please do that because um, you will get something out of it that you did not know you were going to get out of it, and that's what happened to me. I went to this show and I didn't have anybody to go with, and I expected to just sort of be in the back. It was my first time seeing them, and, you know, I I ended up, like, on stage with them, like, you know, front-flipping off the stage, like, grabbing the mic, and things that I wouldn't have normally even felt comfortable doing that uh, I just got sort of wrapped up in all of it, and then now I look back at that as, like, I mean, one of my all-time favorite music moments, and um, even after the show, like, I I, went—I try not to to talk to many of the band members if I can help it after a show— Um, without with the exception of just saying like a pleasantry of like hey man that was a great show thank you so much but i try not to be like mr fanboy but that one specifically i went and found the lead singer afterwards he was at the merch table and i was like i just explained to him i was like maybe 19 at the time and i was just like hey man that was the first time i've ever really like been on stage like that i'm at this show by myself this is crazy i and i kind of gushed for a second and he was super receptive very very nice and at the end of it like handed me a free poster that I still to this day have hanging in my room because like every time I look at it I think about I'm just like yeah dude that that show fucking that was it that was one of them um and so you know it's it's little things like that that really do just change change everything for you musically and that helped me uh for whenever I did actually get into a band and play live performances having those experiences to draw on of like this is this is how it affected me and I even though I was never gonna do that in like a tiny local band, theoretically I would I would love to do that for anyone, and that's that's the goal I think and should be the goal for any person who gets out on stage is like find a way to make that connection, even if it's only with one person in the crowd, find a way to do that and, and make that meaningful for you and them. So
1: It it is and you know, I moved here whatever it was, twelve years ago to a city I I knew no one in and I went to plenty of shows by myself and made so many memories and you know, I usually make it point to buy merch from a band you know just because I know that's, that's usually how they're making their money is by you know t-shirt sales and everything else but um, every time I pull that shirt out of the drawer you know I, it brings me back to that memory and everything else because it's you know I've, I've made a connection and from the other side of that as the artist you know I've always um, I didn't always do it and I regret it but you know as in recent years playing a show you know with my shitty local band, somebody says thank you I make sure to stop what I'm doing say thank you for coming there, you know, get their name, you know, because people remember that shit. You know, I've had people remember me and my name and my band because I took the time to, you know, take the 30 seconds to two minutes and just have a conversation instead of, you know, blowing people off. And so it's just – I still see so much of that that it's it's just disappointing that there's not a lot of human interaction there because I think we live in such a a world of, you know – always on our phones and screens and everything else so there's there's less communication and the job i do i'm always communicating so it's hard for me not to do that <laughs> so uh, even though it is a you know a technical job which is probably more email than anything but it's you know it's a communicating job so um i, I want to see more of bands do that and really engage people instead of this whole separation of well, we're the band and you're the fans like no we're all people let's like let's talk about it so you having that experience is a great example like i've had so many of those that like to me you know, a lot of people fan fangirl over, you know, shaking their, somebody's hand, you know, oh, you're, I love your band. It's like, to me, it's just, oh, dude, I really appreciate what you do, you know? And I probably have more of that because I'm doing it, trying to do it too, to some aspect. But it's just, you know, it's person to person. And I love that interaction that, you know, I can do that with a band that I love and just have those memories and just be like, oh, and that's what keeps me coming back. And like I said, I met the singer, of bring it all the way back. You know, he's legend years ago, shook his hand and loved his name. And so it's just like, that's always stuck with me to me to keep going hey i may not be into he is legend at this point in time but i'm still curious about what they're doing it's a it's a lifelong bond and if i hadn't i wouldn't be so into this album we just talked about so it's just like you know it, it goes the distance to you know play the great show be uh receptive to communication and talk even if you're having the shitty day you know like this it's all part of the package and bands need to realize that and do better about that um because you're not gonna you're not gonna be here tomorrow if you if you don't.
0: So uh, I'm looking here. We're we're approaching an hour and 15 minutes or so, and uh, I want to uh, I'll pose this question to you, and we can edit this out if we need to. We can just jump right to it. But um, I want to either do uh, just sort of a quick off top top five bands live or top five individual shows, whichever one you feel like would be easier or you you would rather answer.
1: You've already got yours. You can go ahead and go and I can think about it.
0: I I think for me, I definitely, uh, it's easier for me to probably think of uh, individual shows or or moments that really like stuck with me, Uh, but I I definitely do have a short list. Um, I will say that certainly up there is the first time that I ever saw Dillinger, which was with you. (laughs) And... Oh, yeah. So yeah. the Dillinger Escape Plan, every time I've seen them, could be on this list. And uh, it should just be sort of a blanket statement that if you don't <laughs> know anything about Dillinger or if you've never seen a Dillinger show, and I mean, obvi- they're not a band anymore. So you-, you missed your chance if you haven't ever seen them. But um, they are the absolute most fucking ridiculous band I have ever seen live. They are the most i mean i can't say enough i could spend an hour literally talking about dillinger live but thinking about the first time that i ever saw them play and it was in a tiny tiny little venue that was literally a basement and uh i watched these dudes rip apart a stage for you know an hour and a half it was when they were touring off of option paralysis or maybe no it was
1: no, 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 they, they, no, it would not Ironworks because they had the new drummer. Oh, that's true
0: because we – yeah, we didn't see them ever with yeah. Gil, which also – let's yeah. just let's just take a second and say that uh, another blanket statement, fucking Billy Reimer is a fucking yeah. – that boy is a <laughs> weapon, dog. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but anyway, no, that first time we saw them, which I guess would have been uh, sort of in that either right when Option Paralysis was coming out or right after, but I saw one of their guitarists uh, get up and hang upside down from the ceiling and keep playing and just destroy this tiny little room. And I think I was thirteen at the time. And to see a band do that was so earth shattering to me, and just like set the standard of absolute excellence. And and that show too, also uh, we got to see the number twelve looks like you. Which was tight, and I've always liked number twelve, and that was uh, that was a great thing. But we also saw this weird local band open for them called Knife the Glitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I and name. it was so sick. Yeah. Were they local? Or man? I don't know if they were local, but they were they were the smallest act on on the tour. Uh, okay. But yeah,
1: I don't I don't know. If they I were guess, local. I think they're yes, the band.
0: that's true. I don't think they were an, an Ohio band, but they uh, they were purely instrumental and. They in between all of their songs, they just had recordings of Phil and Salmo talking all drunk. <laughs> and
1: oh shit, I forgot to say this uh, during He Is Legend. I feel like He Is Legend is like the new Pantera. Like, yes. Just, oh my god. A, I just want to throw that's, that in there.
0: Wow. I didn't even think about that, but that I, is. I, on I totally the nose. forgot about that.
1: That, that t- to me, that like that's that's like this this you know modern age's Pantera. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's god damn, dog. That it's was silent. a that was a deep cut. <laughs> that was, deep. That was, that it was real. Deep. Uh, please continue. But anyway, yes, that Knife the Glitter show, uh, that that, was, that hilarious was hilarious because any band that's gonna sit up there and just play me Phil and Salmo tracks is
1: Was it the, was it from Live 101 Proof? Is that yeah. what you're playing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm out here having a good fucking time. <laughs> it's so
0: perfect. Oh my god. We used to play that all the time back in the uh, day. Yeah. So um that yes, that is certainly uh that that's gotta be one of the most amazing shows I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, then also uh, on – it was one of the shows that I've seen more recently uh, was I saw Every Time I Die, Turnstile, and Angel Dust, uh, and Vane play in San Antonio. And, brother, that was perhaps – <laughs> in terms of the crowd, that was the most chaotic show I've ever been to. And I think that also absolute special shout-out to Turnstile because those are some young fucking dudes – that oh yeah they put are on the top of their game and i don't know if i've ever seen a band be more accommodating to people getting up on stage with them and those are just it looks like the most fun group of people that i just wanted to go like skate with after the show uh but seeing them uh open for every time i die and in the small club that it was in it was at a place called paper tiger in uh san antonio which used to be called white rabbit um but it oh okay i know the place yeah, yeah exactly so white rabbit is i mean it's like a famous venue now for a lot of bands like yeah. that but that show was so incredible man it was packed ear to ear and all of these people were just losing their shit for turnstile and then it was also etid playing um their 20 years of uh every time i die tour so they were playing something from at least every album and i yeah. got to see them play songs a of, that a great show, yeah I, I got to see them play songs that i'd uh never seen them play before um then my next one would be, uh, would be the Stray from the Path show that I already mentioned for all the reasons that I just mentioned. Uh, and then the second, the second best I think for me would be probably the first time uh that I saw Glassjaw, which was also with you. Um, and I just for me even though that show didn't necessarily break any ground, um, oh, was that the Coheed Glassjaw? No, show? no, that was the one we saw in Cleveland.
1: Oh yeah, I have the poster for it when they were
0: touring off of uh, Coloring Book. Yeah, yep, exactly yeah. that one. And,
1: or they hand, they handed that out at the show, like uh, like that was your ticket. Was like here is a copy of and they
0: pl- book. and they played Coloring Book all the way through as their as their encore. Um, yeah, and I
1: bold move, but it was great. And that
0: show just stuck out to me a lot because, um, as we said in the beginning, Daryl Palumbo probably deserves his whole own episode. But to be able to finally see um, to see him live and to see Glassjaw live in general, not just him. Was like so mythic to me because I mean Glassjaw is I mean stands so high above most other bands for me and um, I was also I think maybe fifteen or so at that time and that was and that was a really like formative experience uh, to just see Glassjaw playing for the first time and it it stuck with me so much uh, man that was so that was absolutely incredible and my favorite show experience I've ever had bar none. <laughs> Which is maybe weird, but it also happened with you, Griff. Is when <laughs> <What> is <that? laughs> when we saw fucking Let Live play to about three people. Oh my god, I forgot about that show. Oh, that is, I mean, and and I've I have told everyone who will fucking listen. I tell about this show, and oh my in, god, that show. in the briefest recap that I can say is they they opened for scale the summit by the, the way so it wasn't the entire way. bill was absolutely weird as fuck it was like, oh, yeah, a it was lo- like thrills and kills or something yeah or, it was yeah, yeah some weird band like that and then it was let live scale the summit this or the apocalypse and then the human abstract yeah. was supposed to be on as well but they had dropped off the tour yeah. um but we so that was at the time fake history by let live had just come out no one was listening to them at all, and no. I had just discovered them, and I didn't even know that. No, I'd never heard of them, before, and though. I didn't even know they were on the bill because we were there for Scale the Summit. We walk up to the door, I see that they're on there, and I was like, "Oh shit, Griff!" I just started listening to this band, and I've heard that their live shows are insane. And so we go in there, and that motherfucker, Jason Allen Butler, uh, or Jason Aaron Butler, rather, he uh, yeah. he went out to. I mean, I'm not even kidding. There was maybe 15 people in that entire building for them. And I watched him ride a dude's shoulders, like running around in a circle. <laughs> yeah. And then we saw him draw, or get up on top of a balcony that was about twenty feet above the stage. The whole time singing, yeah. jump down onto the balcony on like yeah. onto the ground. He there was a hole in the drywall on the stage. He put his head in, into it and started screaming. He yeah. like in the middle of the set, literally jumped out off the stage and the music stopped and he pretty much enacted an entire like murder scene from like an LA cop drama or something. Well, yeah, no, he threw he threw the mic on the ground and
1: the music stopped and he yeah, he basically like it was like a chalk outline he was like talking to almost. It was uh, so
0: incredible and I I have never seen a single person do anything like what I saw him do that day at a show and he does that at every single show and it's it's so funny now because I mean now he's in the Fever three three three, and they got nominated for a Grammy, and they're playing. It's too much, too much energy in that band. That is, I
1: cannot fathom. Even back when he was in Let Live, but the the three of them in the Fever three 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 is just like I don't. No one can live at that it, speed. It, like, I oh can't. my god, you
0: are right. And that's so. I was talking to my roommate Grisha about this the other day because he was talking about them and uh, about uh, Jason Butler in general and and Let Live and stuff. And I was showing him videos of the Fever, and I was like. Yeah, imagine all of the stuff that he's doing here with this level of energy. Imagine that with like literally 15 people in the room and yeah. no, and, and that's oh, it. Didn't. And yeah. it was so incredible and we got to talk to him after the show and he was the nicest guy. He was like so just like we were just like when are you coming to town again? Like when can yeah. we see you and he was the nicest person. Do you remember you remember what he said when they were playing? He said like it was towards the end of the set he was like uh
1: this will be the last time you ever see us in this type of venue. Yeah, and it was and he was he was he wasn't, he wasn't yeah, wrong. he
0: was exactly right, man. I mean, literally yeah. from from that show forward, the, the next tour that they jumped it on, blew up. they absolutely yeah. exploded. I think that the next tour they went on actually was uh they were opening for Under Oath on Under Oath's like uh Farewell Tour where they were originally breaking up.
1: Oh, was it that? Uh, it okay. was that was
0: at least one of the the ones that they jumped on after, but yeah, from from yeah. that point it just absolutely exploded and that show is like etched into my mind of like, what the fuck, dude? How can you ever, how can anyone expect to ever top a show like that? I mean, that's a level of it, energy that I just can't imagine. No, and they're
1: both any band he's in, at least in my uh, head, it's like they're they're all they're all really good bands, but like I don't, I can't listen to them because I just after he ruined it for me basically like it's not the same like i only want to see his bands live i don't want to listen to it i mean you know the fever is very much a rage against the machine type of style band which i love rage against the machine but like it doesn't i know there's more to it so it's like they're almost the, the opposite problem of what we've been talking about it's like you know i i only need to see this in person because it, audio will never do it justice
0: 100 yeah, percent. it is man yeah. so that show uh that's the one baby that is that is top top results for the survey i f- i'm glad you brought that up i totally forgot about that
1: um all right so i don't know if uh, i'll tra- i'll try to go through this quickly cuz i kind of jotted them down as you're talking but uh a big one for me was seeing um uh, so it was Warped Tour 2003 and that was a big tour or a big a great warped tour for me anyway because i saw so many good bands um you know thrice right before they blew up uh, poison the well right when they put out you come before you um the used as they were becoming huge and he was clearly coked up on whatever he was on. So. <laughs> but the best thing, because nobody in my group of friends liked this band, and we, we've already mentioned them, uh, and I saw them play basically worship and tribute to me, was Glassjaw. They, there was not a huge crowd for them, but they were on the main stage, and you know we both love Glassjaw. I've got a fucking Glassjaw tattoo. One of you know top three favorite bands ever. And it was just, I'll never forget that experience of just seeing a band that I had just started getting into, really enjoyed, um, and just how well it was done and just it just blew my mind about his stage presence and everything else and they just they just went off and i've seen them so many times since then and every show has been great um they've all been different too which is what i really appreciate i've never seen a same glass show yeah so even the one you mentioned i really like too um they're just such a unique band but yeah that was a great experience for me uh another one i've seen too many fucking shows (laughs) another one I, i really have but uh the first time I saw Dillinger was right before they put out Miss Machine. They just got uh, you know, the singer they ended, they ended their whole run with. Um, and they the Locust opened for them. Oh, boy. show. Seeing the drummer basically puke after every song into a bucket was phenomenal. <laughs> uh, and at a tr- cl- uh, club called Trees in Dallas. Um, it's a pretty famous club because there's basically a tree right in the middle of the stage. Um but anyway, they tore that. I mean, the first thing that happened in that whole set, you know, they set up their The energy's already high. Um, you know, it's with the original drummer, Chris Penny, so I'm already stoked. But uh, the song—I forget what they opened with. Uh, whatever song they started playing, the uh, what's his name, Greg, the singer, yeah. uh, just immediately headwalks across the whole thing. <laughs> it's, it, and there's a there's a pretty famous video of him doing that in a, a mall when they first put out Miss Machine. But he basically did the same thing to us. And it was just incredible. It's <laughs> oh <my laughs> like, all right, here I'm ready for it. And I was right in front and I'm like, that was a mistake. Was <laughs> um Same Club, a great uh the fir- the one and only time I saw Further Soon's Forever was uh at the same club, Trees, and um I forget who they were touring with, but they were headlining. Um and it was with the second lineup with Jason Gleason, which I still think is a great lineup, great album, probably the heaviest album they mm-hmm. did was How to Start a Fire, and just seeing that and they also similar scenario where I was the only one that liked uh, Bjork and they covered a Bjork song and it blew my fucking mind and that's what made me really dive into her and then tell all my friends like alright you really need to listen to her and then we obviously all geeked out on her for years but like it was just such a pivotal moment for me seeing that happen and they ended up recording it and never releasing it but it's out there it's really good Uh, But that was a great show Um, another Warped Tour experience where I saw Down to Earth Approach I was hoping you were going to say that play to no one but me. (laughs) No one. And I felt so bad for them, but I sang every word to their songs, and the singer, I could tell, was just like, oh, wow. Um, And they played, they released like an acoustic EP with like songs from their second album, and I knew all the words to that. So I was singing, so he was like so shocked that I was even a fan. And I didn't get a chance to talk to them because it was at the end of the day and the group I was with had to leave, but uh, that was phenomenal. Um, Bro,
0: one, one of the most absolutely underrated bands.
1: It is. Down North Approach, it's it definitely it takes a special ear because some the vocals don't hit everybody the that right is way. True. but they do jam though. so um, uh, okay I've got a few more and I'll be done oh now. you're fine so the, 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 the next one would be the first time I saw every time I die I saw them I remember I was helping run sound uh, with the it was the band I was in we did that as a side thing uh, for another band and they were setting up and every time I die was like my favorite band at the time they just put out Hot Damn. And I was like, all right, we're done. And they were playing like the same city, just like on the, like, I had to run down the block to basically catch them in time. So I remember I like ran whatever the, I don't know, it took me like 10 minutes to run there, but um, I walk in and uh, Seosin is finishing up their set. And I had no idea who Seosin was, but it was with Anthony oh. Green. So I saw the last song. Bro, of that, that and was like, probably amazing. Yeah, I was like, it's like, what was her? So everybody basically had hoodies and black hair <laughs> at the time. So it's a whole crowd of that. But then I saw every time I die play you know most of Hot Damn you know in two thousand three or whatever that was uh and so that was just an experience that I'll never forget because it was so raw and uh, they're a way better band now, so I would probably never go back and like relive that as like they were so good, but like it was just the experience oh yeah I
0: mean i i as a as an every time I die fan, I would kill to have seen them at that yeah. time,
1: yeah um the next one I probably. I already mentioned her, but the the three times I've seen Betty Hoop, the first time I saw it, she played to basically, you know, half the. She played a club here, a theater, that she basically almost sold out when she was here this year. And I saw her four years ago, um, played the same place to maybe a fourth of the crowd. Um, So to see how far she's come, but that first show was so great because it just opened my eyes, like I said, to pop music and just the vibe and everything else and how good it is live when done well and not just, you know, singing to a backing track kind of thing. Um, but the big one that you know I'm going to talk about, uh, my favorite band ever, also tattooed on me, um, the not the first time I saw Deftones, because while that was a great show, they were touring off the self-titled one, um, and Denali and Poison the Well opened that show, That's and it was, also, it was also the same tour for You Come Before You, so it was a great show for those two bands, and a decent show for Deftones. It was around the time when he, while he was a good singer, he wasn't the great singer he became.
0: That's a good lineup, though. January, to be yeah. honest, I I would. It, I, was, it was wow. <laughs> like, I mean, I love Denali. That's a that's a deep cut, but to see them with yeah. Poison oh, the Well
1: and, and think about all the metalheads that were yeah. there that were so confused by Denali opening the show. <laughs> and me and my friend, or at least me, I don't know if he still likes a bit. I was just like, I mean, I was creaming my jeans for it. It was it was amazing. Yes. I was like, this is it. That's <laughs> like, yeah, that's a great lineup. And I love I love Chino for that for pulling these types of bands into the show because he's still doing it to this mm-hmm. day. Just like what's some weird shit that I'm into that's just really gonna mess up our fan base. Like here you go. Um, but the best I've seen him a number of times. The best Deftone show was right after they put out Diamond Eyes. They played that same club that actually Betty Who or same uh, theater uh, played, and it was just because you know when Diamond Eyes came out, and we can have a whole episode about Deftones, but just quickly Diamond when Diamond Eyes came out, you know. He had lost a whole bunch of weight. We no, everybody was so shocked with how fucking heavy it was. And they moved to eight string guitars. The riffs were sick. Uh-huh. The melody was sick. I mean, it just—it was a great fucking album to just come out swinging to. And then they came out and you know after you know Chi was still in his coma, blah blah blah. They had a new bass player. Like it was just the right time, right album. And then they came out and toured on it. And they played small theaters and not big, big you know arenas or anything. Um, and it was just amazing, like i I still have that set list saved I mean, I remember I made an iTunes playlist of like here 's everything they played, and I still refer back to that as like that was a great fucking set list, and they still basically play the same set list at this point, just with new songs on it but i don 't know it 's just it's it always sticks in my head as like that was pivotal peak Deftones tones for me, and they 've played great shows since then, but it 's just uh i don 't know that was that show was just it was what I needed because. There were so many years of him being a bad front man, and, you know, he obviously had some tough times there and weight issues, but, like, for just – I was so happy for them and him just to come back, like, we can do it. <laughs> <Still>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and I, I will say, I mean, I can only imagine how incredible that was because I, the, the one time I've seen Deftones was uh, in a giant-ass fucking stadium. Uh, which
1: was and that was a decent it was, show. It was. It was. It wasn't their exactly.
0: Best show. It was still yeah. fun to see it. I'll, I'll take seeing Deftones in any way, but to imagine that uh, shrunk down to to the the theater that I know you're talking about actually is. I mean that that's like yeah. incredible. I can't. You can't ask for much was, more in a band
1: than Deftones. Was, oh, and everybody was just so thrilled that like just the happiness in there just to be like oh you know it's happening yeah oh know? yeah so it's it's just they're one of my favorite live bands because even when they were bad they were good and just it's such an energetic show and I remember one of when they came around another time, um, to even bigger venue, uh I remember one of my friends, uh, shout out Rigo, um he was at the show and I, I don't think he was I forget who was even playing the show with them. Was it Kohee? I don't remember who it was. Anyway, uh he wasn't there for Deftones, Tones, but I remember him telling me after, like, oh shit, like I get it. Like he was like he became a fan after that because it was such a good show. Like they just they know how to do it in that metal genre and how to you know keep it interesting
0: and fun. Yeah, I mean, I I, I do not fault you for that at all, and I also think that uh, while we we've mentioned it multiple times throughout uh, this vi- like this podcast now that. Um, the, the three tattoos that Griffin has of, of bands, uh, <laughs> if, if you want to know his fucking, his, his Holy Trinity, it is on his arm and yeah. you can tell us what those are.
1: Uh, so I do have white pony from Deftones, the album art, which is basically just a horse, <laughs> which is interesting to keep on my arm because basically white pony is cocaine. So, you know, it's, it's weird to advertise that, but you know, and then I have every time I die's logo. And then around the other side of that same arm, I have the Glassjaw logo and you know i want to add hope's Fall, like i mentioned in the last one it's just like i've i want to i love seeing these logos and i was always a kid that drew on you know my notebooks and stuff and did all that as you know as a, a teenager so like putting it on my mar- on my arm is like it's it's a dedication for me and just like a reminder of like what i truly enjoy so there's all there's, i want to have a tattoo for every band but it's just there's just some of those bands that it's just like yeah that's going to stick with me and it deserves to be with me and it didn't have to be their logo but just some something that meant something to me I, I'm totally fine with that and you have some of those too, yeah but. yeah
0: well I think actually i was i was i was looking around at myself to double check and make sure I wasn't wrong uh the only band that I have actually gotten tattooed on me up to this point is every time I die but that Oh, you I thought you had a no. As of right now, it is only every time I die. But I mean, I've, I've we gotta fix that. Baby. Yeah, I've, I've had plans for about a trillion years to get more. But uh, I, I will say, I, I love that. I've always loved that. Those are the three tattoos that you have, uh, just be, because it's <laughs> like if that. I don't. I don't know. Like if I was gonna. If you if you had to figure out like my dead body on the ground, what bands would yeah. you like? Oh, exactly. Say... And it's it's so great because it's like that's like my that would be my barometer for a person. To be Like, oh, you got some band tattoos? What are they? And yours are like yeah. glass dry every time I die and Deftones. Like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Let's hang out.
1: Yeah, it's pretty sick. Yeah, so, uh, and I've always wanted to get the "Further Seems Forever" logo too. It's just like a bird, but it's just like there's just so many little things that like like that define me. That I'm like, yeah, those are, and most of those bands I've always bring up. But you know, it's, it's I don't know what it is, but I want I want to have those same feelings with newer bands, and I do get that with some, but it's just it's it's so few and far between now that it's, just, it's hard to. I don't want to look at everything through rose colored glasses, but it's just. I want some of that to come back, some of that energy, and I know it was tough for those bands at the time, and they would probably tell you a whole different story. But from the outside perspective, it was like that changed it, you know, for me.
0: And I do think that uh, that's probably uh, that that's probably a good podcast for another day, is us being able to to talk about the the few bands that maybe in the past like five years that we have really sort of identified with that have pushed their way into that like that have made us feel those oh, feelings again. Because I think there's, the... yeah, they're out there. But you're right, it it is, there's, and there's, there's a... Just, it's a flooded yes, market, absolutely. Um. Yeah. Well, I th- I think that about wraps it up. We're we're sitting at about an hour and a half, and I feel really good about all this. I need three hours, yeah. so
1: let's let's keep going. <laughs> uh,
0: you know we've, we I think we've gotten into some some good shit here. Um, and I think that now is a good time to go ahead and say once again thank you for everyone who has listened, not only to the first episode, but if you've made it this far in the second one, uh, we love you yes. all the more. Um, and we have now set up uh, some base level social media. Uh, as of right now, we have Instagram and we have Twitter. And those are both going to be at Audio Files Pod. Know the Twitter's an asshole and I couldn't fit it on there. So I've, we are ubiquitous <laughs> across the platforms. We are at Audio Files Pod. Uh, we will be updating stuff from there. We'll be posting links to all the shows. Um, and if you know anybody wants to ask us anything, wants to reach out, please feel free to do so on there. You can also reach us on our personal accounts. Mine is at Quinn KH, the Q-U-I-N-N-K-H. Feel free to hit me up with anything you'd want to talk about, anything you want to hear us talk about on here. Um, And Griffin, if you would like to give your personal as well, feel free.
1: Yeah, uh, mine's at Griffin Holt. Uh, Couldn't be easier. G-R-I-F-F-E-N-H-O-L-T. And I'll add that uh, there will probably be a Facebook if you're into that too. Yes. So we'll add that similar uh at audio files pod yes
0: so. uh so please feel free let us know your thoughts on there uh hit us up with any suggestions yeah. and we're gonna we're gonna keep doing this we're gonna establish a schedule as best we can we've got plenty of topics uh to talk about and um we really appreciate you guys being along for the journey and uh let, let's keep this thing going and uh so everyone thank you so much we will see you next time bye